America. We are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Dun dun dun! Welcome to Dueling Reviews, a show where we go in depth in a single issue and talk about its pros, its cons, and maybe a little arguing it's back and yes, counterpositive. It's uh, cosine, it's tangent. It's uh, yeah. Uh, anyway. This week, i got to give you guys a heads up. If you don't want to be spoiled, this is an episode you don't want to listen to because we're going to spoil the holy hell out of the amazing Spider-Man number 700. I'm going to give you a count of five. Four, three, two, one. Long live Peter Parker, the death of Peter Parker. I give all Called you it. Called this it. This has never happened called before. It. No, I don't know. Has it ever happened before? Six months. Dude, something huge is gonna happen. Oh, I, huge hey, do you remember? Do you remember back whenever uh, um, Marvel we're announced that they were going to kill a character every quarter? Yeah. And uh, and I said, when Spider Man's big issue, because that's when they're going to kill Spider Man. And I think somebody said oh, they'd never kill Spider Man. Well, in a sense, they haven't killed Spider Man. Uh, a couple of issues ago, we found out that uh, one of the reasons, in fact, an entire Dan Slot's run, pretty much, has been leading up to the fact that uh, Doctor Octavius has used one of his devices to uh, transfer his memories into Peter Parker's body and vice versa. So in a sense, Peter Parker is trapped in a dying Dr. Octavius body, and uh, Doc Ock is inside Peter Parker's body doing all the things uh, that a super genius could all do inside. lives that a super genius... Oh, wait. Yes, well, you know, it starts out that way, where he's going to get it on with uh, Mary Jane, and then uh, they get a call that uh, Doc Ock has escaped from... Uh, it's not the Triskelion. What is it? The island? Is that what it's called in uh, the oh, regular the raft, Marvel? Oh, the raft. Okay. Um, and so he. Triskelion. Yeah, that's what it's called in the uh, Ultimate Universe. What? Okay. You said everything's the same, so that's why I was asking if it's called no, the same thing. And I, uh, I said everything is is you know never mind. The Ultimate Universe doesn't matter. Moving on. <laughs> well, it might. Um, yeah. You know, one of the things that uh, the Doc Ock in the guise of Peter Parker, how do we want to address this? Do we want to call him Peter Parker and Doc Ock? Let's, 
I think we should call um in this in the theory, you remember when Buffy switched bodies with Faith? Sure. And Buffy and Faith's body. The mind comes first. So Buffy and Faith's body was Baith. Okay. And Faith in Buffy's body was Fuffy. So this so, would be uh, Spock and uh and and <laughs> Octopeter. And Octo- Octopeter. Yeah, yeah. There you go, ladies. Okay. Um so uh Spock Octopeter. Octopeter uh uh decides that he is going to fly to Belgium and in that time he is expecting uh Peter Parker in Ox body to pass away, but at the last minute he decides to uh, gather up all of Peter Parker's loved ones and lock them in a vault. So that uh, as kind of a uh, last-ditch uh, resort, as, a, as his last uh, chip card uh, that he might throw in. Meanwhile, Peter Parker dies and goes to a place that's uh, somewhat like heaven. It's not West Virginia. Um, <laughs> but we get to visit the past of Peter Parker and some of the old characters. I don't know who all these characters are. Who's the little Tim kid, That uh, Tim Harrison? Who's that? Tim Harrison is the boy who collected Spider-Man. I don't, don't you remember the kid who collected Spider-Man who had leukemia? No, I don't. He, uh, oh. Sorry. Hey, you got to remember, I only started really reading Spider-Man uh, in the last uh, year I mean, or so. That's one of the greatest Spider-Man books of the last 30 well, years. How come we haven't reviewed it on, this, on the uh, show? Because it's a single issue, and we don't necessarily do single issues. However, I can retro-review it this Sunday for you. Who is Alexi and Oksana? Uh, that's the rhino and his girlfriend. The Rhino died recently, well, re- sort of recently, in the pages of Amazing Spider-Man after pulling a face heel turn. Right, and Silver Sable died during Doc Ock's... Um, right, during Ends of the Earth. Ends of the Earth uh, line. And then we see his... Uh, so is Gwen Stacy a clone? What's the deal? Or did she die again? I thought she was back and now she's gone again? What's the deal with no, her? No, Gwen was never back from the dead. What was that the was one? clone. Okay, that's what I, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, Gwen has never come back, but there are a couple of clones out there. Uh, created by uh, the Jekyll. Yeah, yeah. The, the, it's really interesting kind of sequence because um, as Peter Parker is walking through, um, you know, the Twilight Zone here, he starts off in his classic Peter Parker nerd uh, shirt tie, 1960s garb. Yeah. And then each time he meets another person, his outfit changes with the time period that uh, uh, to make him more and more modern as we catch up. So by the time that he's... At the end, where he runs into uh, Uncle Ben, he's wearing his Horizon Labs and his Spider-Man outfit, which I thought I thought that was kind of a neat sequence as uh, dream sequences yeah. go. Yep. Is it just me, or is uh, Uncle Ben drawn like Jack Kirby? Uncle Ben definitely bears a resemblance. Uh, part of it is the fact that uh, Umberto Ramos has one old man face. And it's the same face with a mustache that he has for J. Jonah Jameson. No, And the it's same not. face with something else that he has for J. Yes, it is. No. But that's not the point. There is a slight resemblance, I think, there. Um, so Peter is going around, and uh, he thinks by getting into the Avengers Tower and using the technology uh, that uh, was in a police holding cell that he can rig something up to transfer his mind back into uh, right. his body. He's actually trying to steal the Octobot that Ock used to initiate the transfer in a previous issue. Right, right. And um, he has to end up shooting Charlie, one of his old girlfriends, in the process, or yep. deflecting a bullet in the process. And so yeah, all and the while, he's like, hey, you mooks that are running with him. Uh, uh, that's, the, 
That's the Hydro Man and the Trapster and the Scorpion. Scorpion, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's like, don't kill anybody. And they're like, what's up with this guy? Why is he wanting us not to kill anybody? And I kind of got the, the feeling that the Carly thing may have been kind of a, a little take that. Because Carly uh, was don't... set up at the beginning of Brand New Day as kind of the big Mary Sue. And this issue opens with Peter getting back together or, well, uh, yeah, Octopus, know, yeah. Octopeter getting back together with Mary Jane and then Carly takes a bullet. I'm like, dude. Well, but it's 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 almost like it wasn't intentional because he says that his uh, Octavius arms the uh, are reacting they instinctively, yeah. and the ricochet is what shoots her through the arm. And uh, Carly, of course, survives. It's just, it's just a, and he even stops the flow of blood. Oh, flesh wound. Yeah, he he helps her out. But uh, the interesting She'll thing, and someone your knees off. This is what I find amazing, or maybe not amazing, maybe not spectacular. spectacular, maybe not even uh, superior. Which we'll get into that. But you know. Because these two are sharing each other's memories, um, Octavius gets the jump on Spider-Man almost at every turn. He gathers up all the loved ones. He gathers up uh, all the technology. He gets the Avengers out of the Avengers Tower so that when um, Peter shows up to the tower, nobody's there but uh, but Spider-Man. Uh, but Oct- as Oct- uh, Octavius as Spider-Man. Um and no matter what, Peter is doing everything that he can to restore his body to the point where even one of the uh, villains says, hey, wait a minute. You are doing a mind uh, machine. I know what that tech is. I'm not a dummy. What are you trying to do? Swap bodies with me so you can get into my body, Octavius? And uh, Peter puts an end to that really quick and even leaves a little message for the police when they bust in, courtesy of your friendly neighborhood, Doc Ock. <laughs> Yeah, and the thing that works for me with the whole Parker Octopus thing is mm-hmm. Spider-Man should have the upper hand over right. Dr. Octopus. Right. And even with the knowledge that Spider-Man has as Dr. Octopus, Octopeter, Octoparker, has the upper hand because he has access to all of Peter's resources plus his own brain. Right. You know, in the Marvel Universe, the rule is eventually the hero wins. That's the rule of the universe. And in in this case, Auk is the hero, or Mm -hmm. at least in the hero's body. Mm -hmm. So I love the fact that no matter what he does, you know, uh, Peter, Peter Octopus. Right. Man, this this whole portmanteau is not working. I know. Well, Parker Octopus can't get it together. And I wonder if a justification is Octavius's body is failing. That's part of it, yeah. And there's a major distraction, plus there is the rush of, um, you know, I better hurry up or I'm going to die. I've got to get right. this going on. So there's this added pressure, which is the distraction from everything that um, Octavius is doing. And even though we know well, that... I, go ahead. What it kind of breaks down to is Peter is a brilliant man who has access to all of his enemies' resources. Right. Octopus is likewise brilliant, has access to all of Peter's resources, and is completely ruthless. Mm-hmm. Doc Ock, as Spider-Man, doesn't care if J. Jonah Jameson bites a bullet. He doesn't care if something bad happens to these people, whereas Pete is is spending effort, expending effort to try and keep his fearsome four in line. Right. And, you know, wasting time time trying to make sure that whatever he does to get octopus is non-lethal well you say whereas that Ock doesn't care well you say that Ock doesn't care and yet we saw in a previous issue where he is having fond memories of his time 
with Aunt May with the time that he married her, almost married her. So you, he's having those those memories, but he's also having the memories of here's somebody that that I that I love and cherish from uh, the um, from Octopus's side of you. But he's also seeing it from Peter's side of you. And then as he tries to brush off Mary Jane when she's trying to figure out what's going on and he's using some antiquated words and he's kind of treating her, you know, kind of crappily. Um, she comes out and says, I love you. And I've always loved you. And it's almost like there's no reason for him to kiss her, but he does. And there's a look of surprise that, wait a minute, you're doing this because you love me. This is something that maybe Octavius has not had that much. So, you know, we have had, or Octavius has been in Peter Parker's body for a while now. He's had the ability to play the hero. He's had the team ups. He's done the Avengers stuff. He is interacting with people in his regular life. The question I might have is, hey, all of this new uh, Spider-Man costuming stuff, yeah. is that Peter Parker's doing or is that Doc Ock's doing? I have to go back and find out. I think some of it's probably Peter Parker, but, you know, Octavius yeah. is doing a lot of crazy stuff as well. So, you know, even though he's even though he's the villain inside the hero's body. It's almost like he's being changed. And, and so when we get to the end, it's not such a shock that, yeah. that it would go this route. And it, it works really well because it plays to the basics of Spider-Man. It plays to the expectation that Spider-Man is about great power negating or necessitating necessitating that great responsibility and we get to the point where when we talk about moments that um totally tear down a character and rebuild them um the point in uh, that terrible dc event um whatever that was count final crisis final crisis where batman pulls a gun and fires a gun pass through time to kill um um dark side dark side you know that was the deconstruction of batman he would never fire a gun he fired it. He died. He came back. In this case, in the big fighty fighty sequence, we have Spider-Man coming in to rescue his friends, air quotes, and in his fight with the Scorpion, he totally punches the Scorpion's jaw clean off. We don't see that on panel, no. but uh, we hear J- Jameson saying, hey, I always knew you had it in you. Good job, Spider-Man. And, and Octavius reflecting, hey, wait a minute. I didn't know my body had this much power. Maybe Peter Parker was pulling punches all this time. You know, he's reflecting in this. And even Peter Parker and Octavius's body is like, I'm going to have to kill you, Octavius. This is our final battle to the point where the two of them fall out a window, 20 some stories down to the ground. And it is a killer for um, Octavius's body. Right. Uh, injured body. And as I had mentioned before, I thought that the gimmick was going to be that the little golden orb was going to come out and transfer its um, memories back into to the Parker body at the last minute. And he, he attempts it. It almost happens, except that Octavius has reinforced his spider costume with titanium or crania. Uh, yeah, titanium and carmenium, uh, craniamium, whatever it is. No. No, it's not cranium. <laughs> <laughs> yes, carbon carbonadium plating. And so there's no way for this little orb to stick its probe in and start the transfer process. Octavius is thinking that many steps ahead. But the problem is the memories have kind of transferred into Parker, into the Parker body. And 
as the Octavius body lies dying, the Parker body suddenly starts having all of these memories. But instead of Peter Parker having these memories, Octavius is reliving all of Peter Parker's life as himself. You know, so we see this chubby, fat, bespeckled kid uh, having interactions with Aunt May and Uncle Ben, and we see Uncle Ben's death, and we see loved ones dying and everything that Spider-Man has done in his time, but instead of it being Peter Parker under the mask, it's Dr. Octavius under the mask. And it's at this point that, I mean, there's your even uh, nothing can stop, stop the juggernaut. There's your Craven the Hunter moment in yep. there. Um, there's a, I mean, the, the defining moments of Peter Parker's life yeah. end up stuck in Dr. Octopus's face. And the, the wheat cakes moment from uh, Amazing Fantasy number 15. I cooked your favorite breakfast. <laughs> yes. I'm just like, I don't yes. know what wheat cakes are, and I don't want to know what wheat cakes are. <laughs> but basically, the expectation that we find here is as, you know, Peter Octopus passes away, uh, Doc Ock in Peter's body is forced to relive vividly in the first person mm-hmm. everything that made Spider-Man who he is, mm-hmm. which is pretty amazing when you think about it. Yeah, and, and to the point where, and to the point where Doc Ock suddenly realizes, wait a minute, I shouldn't be this villainous person. I need to be the hero, and I have all these powers and abilities to be a hero. And with his last breath. Dr. Octopus, Peter Parker, and Doc Ock's body says, with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. Promise me you'll keep them safe. <laughs> I will. And then he dies. I die. And so what we end up with is not... We, we end up with a Peter Parker shell. Mm-hmm. But in that shell, we have both Peter Parker and Dr. Octavius. Mm-hmm. Even though the Octavius mind is in, is in more control than Peter anything Parker's else. Memories are all there. Yeah. Yeah. And so Doc Ock in the final pages decides as Peter Parker that I will become, I will live up to this Spider-Man name. I can no longer be I'll Spider-Man. Be a better Spider-Man than you ever were. With my mind and your body, Peter Parker, I shall become the superior Spider-Man. Dun dun dun. dun, dun. All right. It's the name. We got yep. a title drop. <laughs> Is this where we're supposed to drink or clap our hands or something? Drink. Well, Rodrigo's very happy wherever he is. Is this the 2099? No, uh, Superior Spider-Man was... Uh, what? What? Uh, when was that series going on? What series? Wasn't there a Superior Spider-Man series that ran for like a really short amount of time? Not to my knowledge. Oh, there was okay. a spectacular. Or maybe. Well... In the any original case, spectacular Spider-Man was three issues in like 1967. Okay. In any case, the question is, mm-hmm. you don't think this is long lasting. You don't think that uh, we've got Doc Ock for good. Oh, no, no. This is Marvel. I don't think that Captain America is going to be forever trapped in an alternate universe. I don't think that Reed Richards is really going to die and leave Ant-Man to run the world. I don't think that Bruce Banner is forever going to be a villain. However... There is some interesting narrative interplay to be had. And I'm kind of, I'm intrigued. Not interested enough to pick the book up every month. Certainly not $3.99 per week. Oh, yeah, yeah. For however long it takes to do this. Because, frankly, if Umberto Ramos is drawing it, I'm out. But, and we'll get to that in a moment. But uh, it's an interesting take. And I think that 
for a short term, you know, for a 10, 12, 20 issue arc, I think that it's got a lot of closed ended potential. Do you think they'll it's a go story that's never been told? Before. Do you think it's 12 to 20 issues or do you think that this is a 100 issue long arc that they will pursue no. so that no. when we Marvel, get to 800 Marvel afford Marvel can't afford to think in 100 issue long arcs. Well, and the good thing is proved that with the with the advent of Marvel now. I mean, Marvel now is clearly a response to what DC did last year mm-hmm. and it seems to be working for them. It's definitely making some good books, but you, if you look at the three time, three time a month or four time a month, whatever amazing came out, mm-hmm. I think they could. You could probably get thirty, thirty five issues out of it. You go a year and get thirty six issues. So I think that there's probably a year and a half, two years worth of stories in this concept. I think what's interesting about this concept is, and I haven't read the Daredevil issue that came out last week, which actually featured, I guess, the first appearance of the Spear Spider Man. With, I think uh, it's just a cameo if it's the issue I'm thinking about. Okay. All right. Well, it's issue 21 or 22. I forget what it was. Yeah, that's a cameo at the end. Oh, okay. Um, Because Daredevil is name-dropped in this issue. As long as Daredevil isn't around, we should be okay. Um, But I, I guess the potential here is those writers who want to explore the Doc Ock side of the Superior Spider-Man can do that. Or if they just want to treat it as, hey, here's another Spider-Man story, they can do that too. Because you've kind of got both worlds going on at the same time. Yeah. And I like the fact that they're committing to something this radical. Right. I mean, this I mean, this is a pretty heavy duty sort of change. This is not something you enter into lightly. And I'm hoping that they don't, you know, they don't have kickback. I know Wacker has said that he's had threats and well, Dan, Dan Slott was, was yeah, has been getting well. death threats. Uh, Axel Alonso, this is the single most seismic shift in Spider-Man's history. And it's not something that will disappear anytime soon. When Spider-Man uh, editor, Steve Wacker and writer Dan Slott came to us with this story, it was clear that this was a long-term plan crafted with the utmost love and respect for the character. This is the kind of story that will have fans up in arms, but also coming back to comic stores to check out new exciting issues. So well, let's go back to what Marvel's long-term plans mean. Siege was about 18 months. And then Shattered Heroes was about 12. I mean, I, I think that you can get two years out of this, but I think that past that, I, I don't I think that there's going to be a point of diminishing returns. Well, and it's going to be about 10 or 12 months into this concept. Here, here's the deal. This was planned to hit issue 700 so they could reach that milestone. You are either going to have this issue go 750 or 800. Well, they're relaunching with number one. Well, I know, but when that gets to 100 issues, hey, we're turning it back to Amazing Spider-Man and it's going to be issue 800. Just no. like they did with uh, the Hulk and the uh, oh no, uh, the no, Thor and all that other stuff. They relaunched the Hulk like six months or six months after they hit issue 600. And they did the same thing, to my knowledge, with Daredevil. I no, I don't think you can get a hundred issues out of this, even at three issues a month. But yeah, they're going to go twice twice a month, twice a month. Yeah, Superior Spider Man. So, no, there's there's no way they're going to do four years of this. Superior Spider Man launches January 9th. Marvel does not have a four year publishing plan, and that's the nature of the industry right now, and has been since about two thousand three. You can't work in a four year arc now. I I believe that uh, Slot could write four years of it and make it good. 
Mm-hmm. But I don't think that the industry is going to carry four years of this concept unless well, there's that's, something. That that's what I'm know. saying. That's what I'm saying. You could go on and on and on. And if you're a writer who really wants to explore the Octavius angle, you've got plenty of opportunity to do that. If you're someone that just wants to treat this as another Peter Parker uh, Spider-Man story, you can do that, too, because you can totally just skip over the Octavius part. Um, But at this point in time, they've now got a big card in their pocket. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That big card is the return of Peter Parker. Right. And when it becomes necessary or when it feels like, you know, they need a sales bump, you're going to see that card played. Yeah, Spider-Man's such a popular character, though. I don't know if that if they if they have to play that card. They you know? do. How long was he unmasked? Oh, I don't know. That was the last time that, that was like Civil War. The biggest change ever. Yeah, it was about 16 months that yeah. Spider-Man was unmasked. This is the thing. I mean, they have to bring it back to zero. Marvel's publishing plans will always bring it back to zero. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, the 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 pop culture cachet involved in a character with the high profile of a Spider-Man or a Batman, you can't do something like this and have it last forever. You can't have Contagion ravish Gotham City and keep it ravaged. A right. year or two later, you got to go back to something. Well, you gotta, and you know, quite reset that clock. Quite honestly, had they not screwed up with Azrael, they could have very easily had Dick Grayson as Batman. And that could have been a 25-year deal. No. Yeah, I think, yeah. Fans wouldn't stand for it. We don't like change. As soon as the chance came around, Dick Grayson was was Nightwing again. Uh, Barbara Gordon was Batgirl again. Matt Murdock is back to being Daredevil, even though he was dead for a minute and a half. The Fantastic Four changes, but it's always going to go back to the core four, no matter who dies or for how long. I, I well, I'll, I'll be interested to see uh, where where they come to that point. You may be right. It may be twelve issues. It may be twenty six issues. Uh, I think it's a little bit longer than that. Um, was this a good story? Yeah, this was a good story in terms of what they did, what they intended to tell us, the way it tied the threads. I think was very nice mm-hmm. and. You know, Chris and I were talking about this at work on Sunday. There's only two ways this story could have gone. Right. And they went the way that was unexpected and hasn't been seen a dozen times before. So I like the fact that they went with the unexpected way. I'm not so happy with some of the other execution of the way this anniversary was put together. You don't like the cover. I do. Oh, the cover is awful because... It's it's one of those things where it's the the optical illusion where it's supposed to be Spidey's face and it's made up of little images, right? Right. But it's not big enough to actually convey Spidey's face. So you've got the one eye. You have to pull way back before the red and black actually turns into anything. What it looks like is a pile of disembodied and dismembered Spider-Men of all dimensions in a stack. And then there's a big mess of Venom for some reason because hey, Venom sells. Well, because you got you got to have uh, Spider-Man in the black costume. You can do that, but the vast majority of that black border is not Spider-Man in the black costume. It's Venom, mm. which you know I can live with that. My dislike of Venom is a is a personal thing. I just I don't feel like the execution on the cover conveyed either the implication that this was Spider-Man's face 
Or oh, I got, that it was, I got that it was his eye. I mean, or I just look at it and I know it's his that eye. These, that they, you know, that there was any type of continuity. It's the red parts are too busy. There's too much going on in them. There's eh. a carnage hiding in there. It just felt to me like, you know, it's, it's too busy to be the big image effectively. And it's too close up in the big image to convey the small effectively. I had to back up 15 feet in order to Man, see. Man, you need to go get your eyes checked. Cause I saw this was the Spider-Man eye. Fine right away and you have terrible eyes no i saw the well and i saw the spider-man eye right away knew it was the mask knew what they were doing i like the yeah. uh the little uh um, i know what they're doing collage. i'm not saying i don't know what they're doing i'm saying they didn't do it in a way that i feel actually conveys what they're trying to do and, and the outline the f- is there but it's not as effective as it could have been and then of course you don't like the humberto ramos art i thought it was great oh, god no I, I love the the carcass of octopus there he draws it very spooky and uh, eh, the, the octopus is probably the most successful part of it. Spider-Man having huge, long, long monkey arms in every scene bothers me. I, I like I that. I liked the flashback and I liked mm-hmm. the dream. Imagery. Now that was a, the, the flashback was not uh, Ramos when he was having the memory flashback. That was some other artist, isn't it? Or does that it's look like, like Ramos. Ramos's art with just a different, uh, ink or art style going on? There's a point where you see silver sable. And Silver Sable's entire torso is the same width as her face. Oh, yeah. And her hair is four feet wide. It's just, it's like, too exaggerated for me. Yeah, you just don't like exaggerated art. I like that they didn't show. Um, I don't like this exaggerated art. I, I like that they that they didn't show the jaw coming off. You know, when uh, Spider-Man, yeah. Octavius, punches Scorpion, the head is off screen when you hear the crunch and the, the pow, and then you see everyone's reaction shot, and then you just see the bloody mess on the highway. And you yeah, see that he knocked, that he said, I knocked him in the jaw, the one place that it wasn't armored. I didn't know my body was that strong. Right. And there's a sequence earlier in the issue where you see Hydro Man mm-hmm. and Scorpion mm-hmm. leaping into action. Mm-hmm. And it's just so awful. It's just busy. And I like, kind of like the redesign of Scorpion's costume to have claws and to look more Scorpion like. I don't know if that's Ramos' work or not. But yeah. I, I, I just like, like Ramos art and you don't. And Mary I think Jane we're going to always be. In and Mary Jane is like, but I love you, Peter. The line where she says, I love you. She looks like a freakish zombie with enormous eyes. And I'm just like, John Buscema would have just drawn the shit out of that page. Sorry. And I feel like Ramos did not deliver the emotion that that scene was worth. Now the flashbacks where octopus was stuck. The octopus head was stuck on Peter's body. Those worked for me. Mm-hmm. I loved that bit of it. Mm-hmm. Where you had that classic Dr. Octopus with the bowl cut and the big Yeah, yeah, glasses. with the big glasses, yeah. And that head on Spider-Man's body yeah. throughout the sequences that I, worked for me. But. Yeah, I like the Ramos art. I don't have a problem with it. I know you do. We'll always have a division on that. And um, you just leave it at that. There is a backup story in here. Yep. There's actually a couple of backup stories. This is a huge a issue. Oh, yeah. The first one is who's this Martin part? Uh, who's this Martin Spider Man? Grandpa Spider Man. That uh, the implication from the story is that this is a Peter Parker in the future, because he says that he went to Nick Fury or Matt Murdock. Well, but see, they're something. using and, and th- so this is a. Uh, but he goes by the name Martin, uh, yeah, Grandpa that Martin. Was the point. He went to Nick Fury. Oh, and they had Nick his name Fury changed. Okay. Identity. Okay. Yeah. All right. And this is uh, once upon a time in the future is what it says. This is basically Peter Parker grown up talking to his grandson mm-hmm. and 
well, you know, at, at some point talking to his grandson and having really, really bad memory. I love the fact. That well, that's the thing that's so, so weird. Yeah, it's because when I saw that, I was like, is this some kind of an alternate universe where this story is taking place? And that no, I think the implication is that it's an old man with a failing memory. Mm, so, yeah, because it does get into that part a couple of times. The Iron Devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Captain Hawkeye. And and you know when he's fighting the uh, no, it was when Colonel. He's, it was Colonel America. When he's fighting all the bad guys in that one page, it's like Doctor Strange is mixed with Mysterio, and you've got uh, instead of the uh, the um, Vulture, you have somebody that looks like the Condor, and instead of the you got um, Craven the Rhino. Craven the Rhino, and you've got the Salamander instead of. Uh, yeah, it's all very interesting. Hydro Man mixed with uh, Sandman, who mm-hmm. looks a little like the thing. It's basically, and, and I think the it's one of those things where it's far enough in the future that we're looking at like an eighty-year-old Parker thinking back on his glory days and not remembering things all that clearly. Is and it because he's really Doctor Octavius in the future? Bah! <laughs> now this story can't take place. In the uh, same didn't care too this much is for a once upon a time. What if? Yeah, yeah. Didn't care too much for date night. I mean, it's kind of a cute little story, but uh, I don't know. And art was fine. Story was cute, but I didn't. For whatever reason, it just didn't feel like it should be part of this book. Yeah, it didn't necessarily feel like a a real vital part of the celebration. But I know why we got it in there. Got a seven hundred page, uh, seven hundred cover gallery. Yeah. I don't know why they do that because the images are so small you can't really make any details out of them. They even when do you're it even when you're really close. They themselves on the back and say, "Woohoo, we yeah. did 700 issues even though we did 200 of them in the last seven and a half years because we came up with a numbering scheme." <laughs> I liked uh I like uh Stan Lee in the uh, letters column. Yeah, that Taking was a crack. Nice. So that was nice. It's nice to see the old man come back especially in the, you know, the last issue. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. This is not Amazing Spider-Man Volume 1. No, this is Volume 2. Right. This is Amazing Spider-Man Volume 2, and this is something that you can play it up all you want, but you've already relaunched and renumbered this book twice. You have gone back to number one twice. Well, I haven't gone back to number one. You have. Well, not you, but the Marvel, the Regal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and yeah, it's I nice to see stand the issue, and I liked some of what they did. And it's nice to I have just, a lot of the comments from other um, artists and editors and people who worked on the book uh, mm-hmm. share their thoughts as well. So I thought it was a good book. Uh, Seven ninety nine though is a pretty hefty price tag for is this issue. Spendy even for a hundred pages. Seven ninety nine is spendy. Yeah, but I um, you figure a man. regular book is twenty pages. So this is. Five times as much stuff, not all story, not all, you know, thing. Five times as much stuff for basically twice the price. I um I got this through Comixology because my regular shipment didn't come. She didn't even ship it out today like she was supposed to. In fact, most stores had uh, this issue last week so that they could not have to worry about shipping issues uh, this week because of the holiday. Right. So I, I read it digitally. I'll be interested to see when it lands on my doorstep. Um in the next couple of it's days. Big old thick issue. I'm sure it is. And in a week where there's hardly anything there, I'm sure that a lot of people pick this issue up. I'm sure it will be the highest seller in December. Um, I don't know if this is, you know, to be honest, I don't know if this is, if this story is reason enough to 
make the threats that people are making to Dan Slott and to whoever else, Alex Alonzo, whoever else, Axel Alonzo. Um, people, people, people identify with the characters and they, you know, they believe that these characters are really important and, you know, they are important on a very personal level to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand. I, I can't understand the stupidity in making threats to a writer you know, just treat it as an issue. If you don't like what's going on, well, in and maybe maybe it's you don't have to read it. But Go back you and read think Spider Man that you like, sure. But do you think it's because people are thinking this is permanent? That this is Marvel's oh, new yeah. direction for this character, and that we're never going to have the our Peter Parker back again? And well, how dare you, Dan Slott, and and uh, so on and so forth, and curse people you all. People live in the moment. People live in the moment, and they think that the the pains of right now is all that's ever going to be. And that's where people are right now. But if you are disturbed about Spider-Man, don't buy the issue. If you are disturbed enough about Spider-Man to want to kill the man who wrote it, I urge you, I implore you to go get help. Because you shouldn't be that disturbed by what's going on with a fictional character. Ah, but fictional you know, people get character. but people get tied into that just like they get tied into their soap operas, just like they get tied into their TV shows, just like they get tied Dude, into I've been reading Legion of Superheroes for 30 years. I'm well, then you. you should know all about disappointment. I was mad when uh, when Archie Legion Tensil Chem showed up and they're like, "We're going to make you a chef." That way we can pretend that we still care about you. Woo. Well, f you. But no, this issue is, it's no worse than when he woke up in issue 100 with four arms and when Aunt May died in issue 400 and five months ago when they did issue 600. You know, it's, it's a question of what can we do to make the anniversary seem really important and awesome? We can do something wild and unexpected that will lead to new creative vistas. And some of those vistas are going to be places you don't want to go. Sometimes a great idea leads to awful, awful places. Somebody once had the idea to say, you know what we should do? We should let Shatner direct a Star Trek movie. Captain Kirk as the literal captain. And look what a vomitous mess Star Trek V was because of it. I've pooped better movies than that. <laughs> All right, sure you have, Matthew. What's the bottom line for you on this book? Two and a half slices of meatloaf for me. Artistically, the uh, the images, the cover is horrid. Horrid. The interiors, there are some points where the art undermines the drama of the story. There are some points where they work really well together, and I feel like the big shock ending, even though you know we kind of saw it coming, the big shock ending is interesting enough that yeah, I'd like to see a year or two of this. I'll check in occasionally. I'm uh, at eight bucks. I can't really recommend yeah. it to your average person. I, I got to tell you, the the eight bucks after I saw that, I was like, are you serious? Eight dollars. Uh, uh, that that knocks it down, you know, a half star just there, because I really honestly Dude, I'm a very fat man. I can eat at McDonald's for eight bucks. Yeah. In one sitting, I I just I thought some of the back extra content wasn't necessary. I think they could have just kept the main story. They could have done the uh, done the uh, letters from Stan and the other thoughts in there. They could have made three pages the, uh, of the 700 issues in there. 
here's the assistant editor sneaking around and taking pictures of the editors that I found that to be extremely self-indulgent. Yeah. 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 Seven uh, pages of that. Yeah. I, they, they really could have just kept this as a regular, here's our issue, but here's, here's my, here's my interpretation of the thinking on why bumping this up. There's only one other book Marvel put out this week. This okay. is not, if I'm remembering correctly, this isn't a fifth week, is it? Uh, one, two, three, four. Next, yeah, it's there's the some twenty fifth. Yeah, this so is this is third. only. This is the only. Yeah, it's, this is so. This is no fifth, fifth week fifth. issue. It depends on how everything falls. Um, yeah. But um, there's no other books coming out this week. They're knowing right. that a lot of people are going to buy this book, so they can make up their entire back end by pumping the price up on this book, adding in some extra content. Uh-huh. jacking the price up and then they don't have to worry about the other 20 books they didn't release this week because that's going to be covered in that. I can see that. I, I don't appreciate it though because I really wanted a good story after, you know, the back matter stuff didn't really matter that much to me. I read it, I looked at it for this review, but to be honest, I could have just tore all that out and still had a really good book and it still could have been three ninety nine or two ninety nine if they wanted to do that. Hell, if they were really smart, they'd make it a dollar book. Uh, they'd make Superior Spider-Man next week a dollar book and sell a million copies of it, but they're not going to do that. So it's all money-driven from that standpoint, which I didn't well, really they'll appreciate. They'll sell a million copies to the retailers, maybe. Yeah, there aren't a million comics fans out there. Well, but you know, New York Times article press releases sent out. This there's enough, just like with. Uh, now, granted, it won't probably sell a oh, mi- million issues. Sure, but... but there's enough people in the market that if you're out there saying, "Hey, Peter Parker's dying," there's enough people who will want to rush out and try to get that issue, just like they did with. Um, uh, Barack Obama and um, yeah, and all of that stuff. Uh, the Gwen Stacy. Yeah, you know what Barack thing. Obama's issue is worth right now? How much? Eight eight bucks. Wow, that's uh, double the price. That's triple the price. It's triple the price. Bucks. Wow, I could have bought a million of those and uh, retired a three million. And you've been out eight million dollars. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I, I liked it. I liked the art. I, I thought a lot of the back matter was bad. I think just because of the pumping up the the price, I, I'm really only going to give this a top of, of four four stars. I really would have liked to give it more, but I thought the story was really good. I thought that everything that readers had kind of anticipated this was going to happen. Well, how come, how come Doc Ock just doesn't go to the Avengers and, and say, hey, this is what's going on. Test me. Here's the proof. Well, they thought about that, and they anticipated that. How come... Uh, Peter just doesn't grab one of the gold globes and, and inject, uh, you know, Doc Ock with that stuff. Well, they already anticipated that. And that's what I thought was really cool about the story is that everything fans kind of anticipated, they kind of blocked and said, nope, we got that taken care of as well. Um, so I really like the issue from that. I like the art. You know, there's no question about that. Um, but a four star outing is probably about as good as I can go on it. Um, yeah. How many alternate covers did this have? Seven? Two. I think it just had two covers. Uh, it had that oh, one, no, and no, and it had one of um, a bunch of uh, shots of, uh, you think? Yeah, because there's a Casada variant, and there's a Steve Ditko variant, and there's a, what's his face? Maybe they had there's, 700 there's different, maybe they had 700 different variants. I wouldn't put it past <laughs> Maybe every book has an individually variant cover. I don't know how many variants it has. I didn't see it in the solicitation. Let's say seven. Yeah, let's say seven. Why not? Sounds um, good. Seven for 700. Yeah. Um, let's see. What do we got coming in the weeks ahead? Well, we've got Superior Spider-Man on January 9th. 
Um, let's see. Next week from DC Comics, we've got All-Star Western number 15. Batman Incorporated number 6. Is that the final? That's not the final issue. That's number 12, right? Is that when the... Or when's Boy, the final issue, know. Grant Morrison? I don't know. Man, I gotta tell you, I just have not been reading uh, DC that much. I'm even behind. I'm even behind on my uh, Batman reading, Death in the Family reading. Uh, IDW. What do we got here? Danger Girl, GI Joe number five, Dungeons and Dragons, Forgotten Realms, hardcover number one, Mars Attacks, Popeye <laughs> one shot. I have no idea what that is, and unfortunately, let's they, review. Now wait a minute. That. Wait a minute. We might want it. Maybe it's just a Popeye cover with the Mars Attacks variant. <laughs> cover on i don't care and the other problem we have is idw is currently updating their ftp so they're like you may not be able to get in to uh, get all these stories let me just look really quick while you're uh uh, what do we got we got fatal number 11 glory 31 is that the last issue of glory when's what's the last issue of glory is that what's that yeah we haven't read any of the previous issues of glory have you ever read any glory uh, only the Alan Moore run back in the day, but I mean, it's, you know, if I haven't seen Zero Dark 1 through 29, will Zero Dark 30 make any sense? Probably. Yeah, it looks like their FTP is down, so I can't get in unless I already have this somewhere <laughs> else. No. I might, because usually, usually they put stuff up a couple of weeks ahead. Ours attacks Papa. Invincible number 99. Manhattan Projects number uh, 8. From Marvel Comics, another short week for Marvel next week. All new X-Men, Daredevil, End of Days. It's still uh, the holiday, man. Fury Max. Is it End of Days number five? End of Days number four. Of what? I don't know. <gasps> new Avengers number one, Nova Classic Trade Paperback, Red She-Hulk number Ooh, 61. Let's, let's review Nova. Yeah, we've been doing a lot Nova. of Marvel stuff lately. Adventure Time number one. Archie Double and Digest. Oh, boy. Calvin and Hobbes. We could do a retrospective on Calvin and Hobbes. We could, but then... 10th anniversary book. Wow. It's been 20 years or so, hasn't it, since that 95? Yeah, it has. Um, you're old. No, you're old. I'll always be younger than you. Yep. Just remember that, you young whippersnapper. And fatter. And somehow paradoxically healthier. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't, um, I don't know how that happens. <laughs> man, they're just really hey, uh, for two weeks we in a row. Horrify each other and review Crossed Badlands number twenty five. You know what? I <laughs> I I want to hold my breath on that for one. You know, it's gore porn number one, and right. I can understand that that going for a couple of issues, maybe a mini series, but for it to go on as long as it has and be successful as it has, and for the company, which is what is it? Uh, Avatar. Avatar. I think that's their main book. Do they don't have any other books, right? Except the for last, whatever. Oh, they have a bunch of stuff. Yeah, they have tons of stuff. Oh, do they have other stuff? Because all I ever see yeah, in the previews Avatar's is like Crossed. Yeah. Well, Crossed is probably one of their highest profile. Well, and, and but, yeah. you know, to make them, for a small publisher to make them that much money to where they can front uh, Bleeding Cool and pay for everything that Bleeding Cool is doing um, is just amazing. Amazing to me. Um. Yeah. Vampire Vampirilla Strikes number one. Is Nova number one next week? Uh, I think that's a trade paperback. Let me look here. Oh, um, 
dippy doo. Nova uh, Classics, New Avengers, no. Nope, nope, well, nope, nope. Framistat. Let's see. What do we have? Next week is the first. No, I don't have. I don't have any of the uh, IDW stuff for next week yet. IDW. If it is surprise, if it is, if it is Popeye fighting the Mars attacks people, yes, we will review it. But I have a feeling it is the Mars attacks variant cover next week on Popeye, not a Marvel book. Deathmatch number one. From where? From Avatar. No. What is Deathmatch? Deathmatch is uh, basically Avengers Arena. That's what I was going to say. Can't we just review Avengers Arena and get the same thing? Well, no. We've already done it. Oh, it's from (laughs) Boom. You must love it. It's from Boom. Oh, that came out this week, though. Deathmatch came out this week. Oh, well, then we'll have to watch it next week. No. Fine, I'll review that on the on the uh, podcast. Yes, there's only three books that came out this week. <laughs> it seems like it was a very short list week. I've got the Shadow uh, Annual or the Shadow Special Number One. It's not too bad of a book, actually. Um, if you like that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. Let's let's surprise the listeners next week, man. We've gone for an hour already, or almost an hour with this, listeners. If you want this nice. show to continue, dueling reviews to continue. This is our bonus big-sized issue for this bonus big-sized Amazing Spider-Man, Death of Peter Parker, um, and the birth of the Superior Spider-Man. If you want to see shows like this continue, consider going over to our website, Majorspoilers.com, clicking on the Amazon link there, making all your purchases. A little bit comes our way, and the more people that use it, the more that comes our way. We're on a sliding scale with them, so the more people that purchase, the more uh, things we get, the more... uh, credits that we get in return you can also check out uh, a recurring donation a five ten twenty dollar a month recurring donation if that's what you want to do we appreciate everyone who donates and let's see what we have on the holiday schedule are we i can't remember if i said we were going to meet and do a regular show next week on the first or not i don't see why we wouldn't it's not the 31st so it looks like well, we will have a uh, full slate of shows yeah well i think we'll have a full slate of shows next week I think nice. we'll have regular major spoilers, the dueling review, and then our Friday show, Critical Hit. We'll have all those next week. Because that's the kind of people we are, and I know Zach doesn't have a life. And I know we don't have a life. Right. So we should all be available. All right. Uh, that wraps it up for this issue. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for downloading and listening. Uh, next issue. Uh, this is issue 48... What is this? 486? Yeah, 485. 486 is coming up in uh, about 24 hours. Matthew and I are going to uh, go through some listener mail and some voicemail and uh, do a Q&A. It's on the next issue of the Major Spoilers podcast. Why? Because we know that you love comics. We do, too. And we're going to be here for you. So until next time, I don't know, keep reading comics. <laughs> <laughs> or we'll kill you. Or we'll kill you. Major Spoilers. It's copyright 2012.